हेलो एवरीवन दिस इज कथक का चक्कर माय नेम इज प्रमित एंड दिस प्लेस इज डिजाइन टू बी अ सेंट्रल प्लेटफॉर्म टू ब्रिंग कॉन्वर्सेशंस विद कथकर्स अक्रॉस द ग्लोब निकिता बाणावालेकर इज एन आईसीसीआर in panel artist she holds an mba and hr from symbiosis she has successfully completed her masters in performing arts with distinction from bharti vidyapeet and has passed the all india ugc net examination and is eligible for the post of assistant professor she has done her masters in commerce from aryabhatar college a promising budding kathak artist nikita was introduced in classical dance at the age of 4 She began her training in Bharatanatyam but developed interest in Kathak at the age of 9. She was under the tutelage of Dr. Manjri Deo and completed Visharat from Gandhar Mahavidyalaya under her guidance. Later she was trained in Padma Bhushan Kumudini Lakhia Ji's Kadam Center for Dance Ahmedabad. Her advanced training was under her guru Shama Bhate in in Pune. A CCRD young artist scholarship holder Nikita has been confirmed with numerous prestigious awards like the Menaka Award by the Mumbai University for 2 years, Akhil Bharatiya Pratibha Puraskar, Gopi Krishna Award, Pandit Vishnu Digambar Puraskar Award, Nritya Vilasni, Nritya Sarathak to name a few. A gold medalist of the All India National Youth Festival, she has represented India twice at South Asian Universities National Youth Festival. uh she has presented her solo classical recital in many festivals india and abroad she has completed her successful tour of uk where she presented her recent production samparan at prestigious venues she has also toured china and europe for her performance and workshops she has given her performance for tedx at the young age of 16 her other noteworthy performances include the music summit by kala sangam bombay delhi international arts festival durga festival कलाकोरा आर्ट्स फेस्टिवल कलाक्षेत्र चेन्नई करावली उत्सव औरंगाबाद महागमी नवपल्ला मुंबई तिंकिनी फेस्टिवल आईसीसीआर बैंकॉक ब्रह्मा साधना समारोह किशोर संगीत सम्मेलन ऑक्टे फेस्टिवल कोरियोग्राफर एमो डिसोजा टू कोरियोग्राफ घर मोरे परदेसिया फ्रॉम द मूवी कलंग She got an opportunity to collaborate and present her solo recital with great musicians Shankar Mahadevan and Hariharan. She has assisted renowned renowned choreographer Vaibhavi Merchant to choreograph for various projects. Uh, Nikita aims to carry forward the rich cultural classical tradition throughout the world and preserve its true essence by the medium of her institute Kala Vatika in Mumbai. Nikita, di, how are you? All good. How are you? Thank you. I'm good. For calling me over here. Oh yeah, absolutely. and just to start off with nigradi i guess for you i want to ask you is so i've had a lot of guests on the podcast in from like various parts of the world and sometimes they might be the only kathak institution there so it's very different like they they kind of want more competition and i i think you're in a different bracket where because you're in bombay and there's like i think we talked about uh, you throw a stone and you're going to hit a dance class or a kathak class so just tell us a little bit about what practicing or teaching kathak in bombay is like so i started learning in bombay hence i know mm-hmm. how teaching in bombay is and mm-hmm. because i could get out of bombay and learn from some amazing legends in this field so i got to see a whole mm-hmm. different side of what kathak training is 
So as training at Kadam, I could see what choreography is. I could see how you how you understand the aesthetics of the dance form in a different way. And with Shamate, it is so much of technicality in Kathak and Tal and Le. So I have been blessed enough to see the different aspects of Kathak rather than just what the teaching in Bombay is. So when I thought of opening my class, it was it was not to actually um, open up an institute. It was just to have a have that kind of a space wherein I can create something on somebody who I don't know. Otherwise, it was for me. It was just creating on myself always. So teaching is kind of learning. And that's the reason I started my institute with the sole intention of actually trying something on somebody else. Because when it comes to choreographing, I used to choreograph my, my, for my own self, how it looks on me. But it's different when you start teaching someone. You start learning so many things in details. Uh, when you create something for some other person, you create 10 different things for yourself. So that was the whole intention behind actually opening the class. And again, it was a... It was a phase wherein I wanted to have something else going on along with the performances. And that's the whole reason why I started my class. And teaching in Bombay, see, the people in Bombay are very fast. The life in Bombay is super quick. You don't know how a day starts and how it finishes off. So for them, uh, I don't know how much. When I started learning, it was a whole different generation, I feel, when I see kids right now. Uh, because nowadays kids have so many things to do they have 10 different classes to go so here in Bombay I feel right now teaching is testing your own patience in a way because the kids are so grown up that it's difficult to teach them after a while but yeah it's a it's a testing process and when it comes to so many classes in Bombay I know that there are there are so many teachers who are obviously so damn good with so many years of experience. But there are, there's a crowd which is not well learned, which is not well aware of what Kathak is. Just passing certain examinations doesn't give you the degree to actually start becoming a guru. That's that's the whole intention which needs to be cleared out. What is a guru and what is a teacher? So that's what I feel sometimes lacks in Bombay because every person who is done with a Visharad comes up with their own classes. Whereas I feel Visharad is a stage wherein you actually start learning. It's like you're done with your basics and now you're open to explore the world and start getting something which is more intense, something which is uh, more complex. So yeah, that's that's the phase here that once you're done with your Visharad, you're open to becoming a guru, which is not not with everyone, but which is the which sadly is the case. So yeah, that's that's currently what I feel the scenario in Bombay is. And it's it's more of, uh, I, not with respect to all the teachers, I'm, I'm aware of some teachers who are uh, very much dedicated to teaching Kathak as a Guru Shishya Parampara and all the ways which we had. But here, mm -hmm. there's a, again, there's a crowd which is too much interested in passing out the seven-year diploma course. Uh, hmm. Yeah, so... That's, that's two different sides of Bombay, if you can see. There are so many teachers who are who want to preserve, who want to teach what they learn from their gurus and in the same pattern. And there are there's a clan which is more commercialized. Yeah, so that's that's the process in Bombay right now. So to dig a little deeper into that, Nikita, so you said there's a difference between a guru and a teacher. So for you, what 
is the difference or if one someone finishes say their visharad what are the other steps they should take to start teaching or what 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 yeah what would be the next step for See, them with, with visharad the degree i'll say it is as everybody says mm-hmm. it is it is a seven year course everybody knows that right right but again in the in some places in pune this entire seven year course is extended for a span of 14 years so it's the process is not about clearing out exams the process is about mm-hmm. understanding the intricacies behind it but if i go right. behind it like i want to clear out exam after a year you don't even understand one taal that you reach out to something else so wo wo kehte hain ki teen taal seekhne mein bhi pura puri zindagi nikal jati hai and then you start learning a whole different taal but with with these degrees what's the case here is that uh, you finish off every year so you started okay. with your teen taal and next year you're learning your chapter yeah. but did you understand your teen taal i don't know hmm. and then once you're done with your chapter the next year learn ek taal did you get cleared with your jhaptal i don't know and then you don't come back to it so it's it's just like you you're learning in bits and parts to complete that seven year course but i guess it's after that you literally start learning into what the intricacies behind that particular tal is so that 16 matras the gap in between every 16 matra what every matra talks what every tali khali is what a khand is is when you understand when you go deep into it so it's it's about a depth that the depth in classical any classical form or any art form is important so i guess that comes once you once you are away from the thought process that i want to complete it within my 7 years if it's a hobby i can understand but if you want to take it as a career mm-hmm. if you want to take it as a profession it's important to understand mm-hmm. the depth and not just be shallow with it yeah i completed my vishara when i was 16 Mm-hmm. So imagine a sixteen-year-old girl doing Khandita Naika. What will she understand? Nothing. She can't understand what separation is. She can't understand what her uh, husband or her lover cheating on her is. She. A uh, real quick. What's a Khandita Naika? I'm not familiar with. Khandita Khandita Naika is wherein the the lover or the husband or usually the husband is mm-hmm. spends a night with another woman, and he comes okay. next morning and the. the way she feels cheated can a 16 year old girl understand it no she mm-hmm. can't right so in order to feel that certain kind of emotions you need certain kind of maturity that comes with age. right so so if i'm if i'm done with my vishara at the age of 16 when i know all this thing is there in my portion do i know right. what the intention behind it is no it's it's shallow right i understand the depth behind it once i get matured once i have that kind of an experience that comes with time so it's not about rushing into things which which i feel is important yeah okay understand that and just to understand it from your perspective when did you start feeling that you were ready to teach how did that realization come around um that was see i was i didn't even get this thing that i was ready to mm-hmm. teach but i always right. enjoyed being around kids or okay uh, the way i I learned myself. I knew that I could teach well because when I used to come back from my class, I used to make sure that I right. spend that much amount of time in uh, teaching myself about how to correct. So usually, what happens in a class is that you learn something and you come back, and then once you just stay there with what you've learned in the class, it's not going to improve. You know, you have to get back to it. There's a process that you stand in front of a mirror, you start looking at yourself. how to practice every movement and that's what i did over the span which i was away from my class 
So I'm done with my class. I come back home. I spend that much amount of time on myself to see how that thing fits into me. And so I always knew that I could be too good with details because I spent a lot of time on myself. And uh, I guess that was always there in my head that uh, I somehow the other day wanted to teach, but I took a workshop down uh, in Aurangabad in 2014 or 15. I don't remember the exact timing. And that's when I realized that it is so much of giving which is involved rather than just the process of teaching. You know, teaching is not just teaching ek toda, ek tihai, but it is about giving something which you have gone through the same process. And that's what I think made me go through this entire feeling of becoming a teacher. Like, yeah, let's let's try this. Let's let's see how much I get to learn through it. It was about just experimenting in a way about how I can deal with it. So I was never thinking, I was, it was never in my mind that I want to become a teacher. Or, okay, Shalu, this is in my head today that let's let's start teaching. It didn't come out like that. It was it was never a planned process. Yeah. Understood. And so when so when did you start teaching yourself then? Oh, that that was always. Uh, maybe okay. this started this. What do I say? Um, this worm in my head came down in two thousand eight nine ish. Uh, mm-hmm. that I want to start practicing <laughs> before that it was mm-hmm. there because before that you know the the age which we are in we just learn nobody tells us about what is real nobody tells right. you about what is practice how much efforts are required mm-hmm. to become a classical dancer or anything mm-hmm. you know nobody tells what practice means but uh, I had seen one of this shows called as uh, Kathak Kutsav which was happening at Nehru Center and all big, big legends were performing and so many repertory units had come. Kathakendra was performing, uh, Vidhala was performing and uh, there were so many beautiful dancers among the entire clan. And that was the first time when I saw what Kathak is, you know, what it should be on stage. And after that, I thought that, okay, there's something I need to put in. And that something is practice. So what I did was like, uh, usually class, my class used to be like for an hour. You can see it uses stretch for an hour. So what in that one hour you learn is not something which you can perform on stage, right? You learn it. You have to go back home. You have to polish it. And then it is mm-hmm. worth presenting on stage. It is, right. says, don't bring your homework on stage. Mm-hmm. So she's, she's very particular about all these things that what you do in your Riyadh session is different. What you present it on stage is different. So your performance should not look like homework. It should be a performance. It should be a presentation. So, yeah, I that's that's when I thought that practice is important. So one one thing, whichever I started learning from my teacher, I used to go back and break it in different mm-hmm. parts. Start polishing okay. about how my hand should go, how my feet should be clear. What if it is tigdadigdik, my tigdadigdik should come clear from my feet. It should not be tigdadik. You know, all the five feet should be heard, sharp, precise. So that's, that's all these things I started working on. Mm-hmm. I, I was teaching myself for a long span. It's been 2009, 8. And so f- following up on that, uh, since you, you said your, your performance should not be like homework, can you give us an example of 
like a piece how would you do differently in practice versus a presentation what elements would change i always feel that a dancer is uh, i mean whenever he's practicing he's a better dancer than he's on stage i always feel that because uh, whatever i practice i am it's raw you know that feel of practice session you are with your gurus you are in a messy clothes and you are not bothered about my my bindi should not move here you not bothered my dupatta has to be perfect my costume has to be so the dancer is got the raw energy in a practice session but it's like making a official presentation at home the way you say is not the way you say it in a meeting you're more decked up you're you're more into that zone of presenting it so it's more precise in rehearsal you can be more raw that so presentation has to be precise it should be clean it should be beautiful it should be neat that because kumbhakarna is all about that you can't pinpoint anything that is wrong in her presentation it's just so beautiful it's like a picture picture perfect so that's and all these things came to my head after my training in kadam because obviously being around her for so long you know you start getting influenced by the way she works or the way she thinks or the way she talks it creates an impression on you and that stays such and it's good that such positive impressions stay so yeah that's that's it's, it's about having so if you if you see my performance on stage also i don't my musicians have to be well rehearsed i don't like this banter on stage wherein my musician is confused as to what i'm doing and i am confused as to what he's playing so you know it's again it's good for the ones who can do it well because there are so many big big artists who can actually be on spot with the musician even if it's a random musician who's sitting with him obviously it takes a years of experience i can say the same thing with me for me it was it is important that my musicians are with me on the same i mean we have the same um, clarity about what we expect out of a performance so if if i am doing certain thing i expect my musician to play it in a certain way it should not be messy it should be clean and all these things i started expecting after i started after i started my training in kalam so about clarity about just being perfect yeah it's not good it's not good definitely not good but i like it like that Yes, and and I'm trying to understand this a little more. So when you say like you want your musicians to be well rehearsed, yes. that's not the same as like you doing an upach piece or something. That that is a separate thing. Then with upach, I always expect my musician to give me that space. Hmm. What is an upach? What is upach is an impromptu thing. So either the musician is doing hmm. an upach or either I am doing an upach. We both, if we start doing an upach, it is going to be complex. Okay. So if I am going to do something upach, I need that space. So for me, upach right now is not about an upach bandish. For hmm. me, upach right now is about upach footwork, say, or a small thing. Okay. That small, small things are fine. But if I'm if I'm doing a toda, then mm-hmm. musician is not aware of what toda I'm doing. He'll play something else, and you know this clash of music that happens is what I don't like. And I see. Yeah, and then, uh, for example, if he he sits and he's blank. and he'll play some other language and i'm presenting some other language then it it doesn't mm-hmm. create a clarity okay so the i like clarity in a performance yeah understand so now that i understand that you like you know what you want and you have your preferences yes. so and now, how do you communicate that to your musicians oh, that they are on the same page what is your process my musicians are my best friends okay. so okay. It's, it's easy for me it's not like i see it's not like they are 
elder to me they are my age mm-hmm. we have this amazing friendship which has i mean we grew together in a way as artists as individuals so we've been together since 2013 and it's the same set of musicians wow. that i work with this works okay. in favor and because nice. i always feel that it's a, it's a team effort it's definitely a team effort being a soloist is not about you alone presenting certain thing on stage it's about the entire team contributing to it so and luckily touchwood it's it's the friendship which comes together when we perform so if even if i'm going to take an extra hour then my musician knows that i'll take an extra hour then it's that kind of connection that we have so because we are friends so even if i if if i want to say that i'm not liking this please do it in some different way i'm not liking this interpretation of your uh, tabla bol with my kathak bol then he's okay with it with certain people it's difficult because they are too rigid that no hum aise hi bajayenge hum aise hi bajate so that's that's not the case with him or that's not the case with my singer he he's open to things he'll give me space where i want if i'm telling him ki yahan pe zyada taan mat lo he'll be okay with it because it's it's friendship it speaks so if i tell him you're not supposed to open your mouth in the entire performance they'll be shut they'll be like that <laughs> so it's 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 because of for the age that we are in is because of the journey that we have together that works so lucky me that i have such musicians working with me and yeah it's easy it's easy to work with people your age because when it comes to the people who are elder to you you need to have that kind of a respect line wherein ki bhaiya thoda sa you know those bhaiya elements when it comes up it gets difficult when if they are my friends i can like oh please let's just do it you know it, it's cool among us so yeah and so when you say it's your musicians these are the same people when you go to performances in different places they also yes, travel yes, with yes. you definitely in case the budget is less then obviously it's a recorded performance if i do something okay. then of course i make sure that they come with me okay and with your accompanying artists um, when you're performing how uh, how do you make sure that uh, like credit is shared and everyone gets recognized oh that's that's extremely important to me because when if i am performing mm-hmm. you know the posters i always feel that the posters which are created for performances you should definitely mention the musicians that you have it is not about mm-hmm. your face it is not about kathak uh, performance by nikita banavikar it is not only me who is performing there are these musicians who are supporting me if they don't perform they don't perform well then my performance is obviously going to drop down so i even if the poster mm-hmm. is created i create a new poster with their uh, i mean new poster with their names so that's that's what i do even on stage it's important that my musicians get the same recognition what i do so we have this thing that after the performance is over we all come on the stage and we go down to the audience even it's a normal kathak repertoire recital it's not a production performance but i make sure that this happens yeah so understood i think one common theme i've been seeing throughout our conversations is that you have amazing clarity about everything you do yeah. which is interesting obviously they have to struggle a lot mm-hmm. with me in this case because i sometimes to dominating mm-hmm. in this way because i like things in a way but but it's good that yeah. you to me now so right. it's, it's all good and honestly in a team you need someone who makes those decisions at some point because at some points democracy just fails you need someone who and makes those decisions when, and when and as a as a girl i feel that it, it's i feel something good that i'm dominating three yeah. points so it's it's cool <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> makes sense 
and so bringing that same mentality when it comes to your teaching so you so when it comes to you teaching in bombay you know that you're trying to bring in some of the some of the ways you've been taught and when it comes to your teaching practice is, is there anything you're doing differently which is different from the way you've been taught that you want yeah, to impart to the next I generation i only make one that, thing sure that whenever i'm teaching something i make sure that it's learn something new in every mm-hmm. class Right. I didn't get something like that, so maybe that's what I want my students to get. I, I always crave for learning things, though I enjoy repeating the same thing over and over. Now that I understand, I enjoy in the same thing which I have been doing, just to more clear, make it more precise. But as kids, I I make sure that whenever they come to class, they learn something new, whether it's a small tie, whether it's a new hastak, whether it's a new chakkar, something. something fresh that i can give them yeah i make sure that and with but the teaching it's very important for me that the student should also be very good with their taal and leh so padhant is very very important before learning anything to do practical so it has to be recited 10 times before you even attempt to start learning it so that's that's very important to me and because i also learned like that that padhant is important if i if i'm learning something it's uski padhant pehle aani chahiye and uske baad usko karna seekho so that's what i follow even today that padhant is extremely important first say that bandish let that bandish fix in your head somewhere it should become a part of your mental okay. process only then it comes from your body okay. i still do the same okay and as like a new student i'm just curious does that 10 times rule also apply to ladies so and stuff or those are like really long okay ha ha yeah okay just those not like cuz cuz i'm doing one ladies like 5 minutes i'm like if i do that 5 minute if you start five, doing five, the yeah, padhan it will obviously a whole different way you see yeah. the thing because if i if i'm talking oh, to you how is that see i have a very visual memory mm-hmm. so whatever i say i can visualize right. things it's good in a way that okay. if i'm if i'm saying something 10 times if i recite something 10 times it becomes a part of my brain and there goes into this uh, um it, it runs in the back of your mind constantly so it's like you listen to a song so if you listen to the song and it becomes part of your uh, memory and you just you know raat ko bhi kabhi kabhi beech mein you can you can see that you rhyming you humming the same music if you are listening to a song it does it so these padhan should become a part of your brain like that so even if you think of the same toda which you learned 10 years back you'll remember it in the same way i still remember the toda or the i mean the toda which i learned first time which is almost the, the first toda i learned in the class which was taathunga takathunga i still remember it yeah because that helps so you'll never forget it forever now we have this phone and other memories that we have usam usaman i'm not talking so many years back but yeah say i'm a 90s kid so that time we didn't have phone till 2013 i didn't have phone in my hand 2012 to be precise i didn't have phone in my hand so it was all about memorizing things so what i've learned in those days i still remember i can forget what i learned now but learned in those days i'll never forget because that's that's just become a part of me it will not go away understood it's yeah because it's like uh, that was also the time when i when i used to memorize some of my phone friends yeah, numbers I and i still remember those yes and I, 
So but that's interesting. Like, I think I, I, I think that's something I need to do is do the parents more because I just, uh, yeah, you're right. I, I, it's easy for me. I started still learning Kathak last year. I have, I, I, I have it on videos, which means I'm lazy about my. Notes I, also. I have this habit. So, I have everything. So my students have to write down because I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to do this on them because it worked with me. That when I write down things, it's about. I mean, it's easy to buy hard for me. So even if I don't, sorry. So if I write down something, I can see the words that I have written them down. It's not somebody else's writing that works. It's my own written notes that works for me. So if I have written down something, I will definitely remember that. So it's important for them to write, say that, and then we'll learn it. No matter how many classes you take to buy hard. <laughs> Got it. And so on that note, uh, when it comes to like. making your students do things you so you talked about being in bombay they're doing 10 different classes so little different than how you were taught where you maybe had one hobby or one or two hobbies but so how do you get your students to practice outside class if they I have do. so many things I, going it, on it's important for me that they send me the homework so the especially the ones which i'm doing online which because online is a whole different medium which we are exposed to right now online classes i i make sure that they drop down their homework videos because i can't i can't actually lift their hand and show them something so whatever classes we have every week they drop me the homework videos that's a way for me to stay in touch with them in a way more personal level <laughs> that's the max i can do when it comes to online but yeah and i mean at least the beginners kids they are super dedicated and they do send me the videos regularly Amazing. But in the in that way, is I know that they have practiced something over the week. Otherwise, the information comes that you have to do two weeks homework together. So rather than doing that, they'll make sure that I'll just send one week of video. <laughs> so it's easy. Rather than doing two weeks video together, let's just send one. Week right. Okay. So the way the homework just yeah. keeps piling up. The more they don't do it. Right. Understood. And on on that note, if you find if you find that a student is maybe not practicing as much as they should be, or kind of falling back, how do you encourage them, or what do you what do you usually do See, with situations uh, like that? I guess it is how much you like something. It is it is about uh, if the student has interest. Trust me, I have six year old girl who also does her normal regular practice. Six year old, yeah. So it's about what you like. So if a if a parent has tried to force the kid to do something, trust me, they'll never. They will not. And even if you try to tell them and pressurize them to practice, they'll not. So it's about how much you like and how much you need to pressurize the kids. And current situation, it's very difficult to pressurize the kids. And you should not also. But it's okay. I mean, I realize the importance of practice way later. I can only try to tell them. Not way later, maybe into so when 2008, I was around say 14. So it's okay if a seven-year-old is not practicing, if a eight-year-old is not practicing, and understand. But it's important for me that at least they remember what they have learned in the previous class. So if that if the student is not standing up and practicing for one hour, two hours, which you can't expect kids to do, but if that kid gives ten minutes out of their twenty-four hour schedule just to revise what they have learned, even that's enough for me right now. So and they do that, luckily. And if they are not. It's okay to understand that they were not in a zone that they wanted to do it. You can't just surprise them. Yeah. In terms of learning Kathak 
for yourself are there is there any aspects of kathak you're focusing on right now which you're learning for yourself yeah i just try to create repertoires for myself because the one which i have learned were many years back not i, I talk like i'm some 40 year old but yeah so so uh, yeah so that's me so many years back that i learned these repertoires in a way when when i was doing it is when i actually learned repertoire we had teen tal jab tal rupa damar exam oriented ki do tode ek tihai char paran ek chakdar toda you know that way that's how the portion is and then now what i've tried to do is try to elaborate the entire tal have more compositions try to make your own composition obviously they are not my language that i'm trying to make it's been been coming for ages but try to bring in something which i feel try to create improvise something with it nice tihais which we can try on now which is important to be tried so yeah that's what i'm doing now so whatever i've learned i'm trying to imbibe that on in myself and try to create something of my own and would you say that at this point you have like your own style of kathak no i will not say it's my own style of kathak definitely not it's what i've learned from my teachers but i have learned three different styles complete opposite of each other so i i started with banaras gharana but i always um, i always had i trained one to one with all my teachers so i never had an influence of somebody else's style on me so what happens when you learn in a group you will look at your seniors whom you always look up but i want to dance like my senior i want to oh this movement looks nice on her let's try to do this that never happened with me actually that never happened with me that time i used to miss it that oh god i don't know how to do this who should i look up to to do it but if i just look back into it i feel that was so good that i don't have anybody's style influenced on me and it was my first training so i always had my own way of doing it my teacher also never tried to change it she was like if this good on you keep on doing it so that never happened that it it didn't she didn't change my way of doing things so if if my hand going here looks good on me it's okay it looks good on you keep it like that and then with kadam the entire process was different so it was a whole different style that you are exposed to you know it's beautiful it's flowing it has a uh, it's just kubiben style you can't define it in sentences it's it's just so beautiful and don't believe i've literally learned everything from scratch so right from the first so it was just like wash out whatever you've learned for 7 years or 10 years as teacher and learn something which is new so my slate was empty and i took in whatever i can right from the first dhataka thunga or the first amrit so from that basics i've learned and i guess her style was something which i always wanted to see in myself with the with the sense of clarity or the with, with the sense of her aesthetics the aesthetics of movement what every movement talks to you how you breathe into every movement is what i learned the the movements came to life for me when i started training in kadam so that was so her style is different my first teacher style was different my my second institute style is different and with shamata it's it's again a whole different kathak so with her it's uh, extremely technical uh, she has her own softness she has her own fluidity so these are three different schools with three different styles and what i wanted always was that i should maintain all these three in me so it's 
I don't know what is that, but I want to keep my whatever I've learned in the same way that it is. Just trying to show the shades of what I've learned. So it should not be seen that I have just completely forgotten what my first teacher has thought and I've just taken something else or I only follow one style. Because I have trained under such amazing teachers, it's important that I do justice to their training and keep that style in my life. So maybe because of that, it looks different because it's three different schools. Want any school to overpower the other? <laughs> it's very difficult task, but yeah, I'm yes. trying. To, let's see how that works. Yes, because I had some questions on that. Because uh, like I, oh, I, I have an interesting situation where I take uh, group lessons with one teacher, and because of her schedule, I can take private lessons with another teacher as well. And I take workshops here and there, just so this I try like to explore. But so when you, since you've done three different styles, do you keep like three different notebooks and things like that, and you keep referring to all of them? How do you keep I track do, of the systems? I do. I do have three different notebooks. Okay. But it more than notebooks. It in notebooks, what you write is only matter. Right. But what you practice is important. Yes, I, I noticed. Sorry, God. With Shamata, she's very particular that her movements has to be the way she has taught. Mm-hmm. Particular, even if you attend her workshops, it's right. so that uh, she she knows that मुझे यही चाहिए. As teacher, she was just flexible. It's okay, right. like that. Yeah. But she is very particular. It has to be like this. Mm-hmm. And with Kumiyan, it's all about flowing. It's all about mm. being yourself. So, so, so you know the the preciseness, the fluidity, and the flexibility. All these things has to come together. Okay, and more for practical questions. So, because yeah. um, in the sense, if you're kind of practicing three different styles, and everyone has a different first hand movement, second hand movement, or where they start their chakras from. So, how do you keep? Uh, it's about creating so, your language then through it. Oh, say that again. It's about creating your language through it because you're trying mm-hmm. to invite three different schools together. Mm-hmm. Which I did. Yes. It's important that again, it, it's what what looks what look what comes out through me. Hmm. Right. So yes, the movements are the same. See, the movements are oh. the same. They are not different. It is mm-hmm. everybody's body that it looks different on. Hmm. How somebody has paid attention to that movement is what you what you see reflecting in their performance. Right. When with with kadam, the movement has to be an extension. Maybe shamat, mm. it just has to be the pause. Okay. For me, it is the extension to the pause. Right. Double. It's okay. Too, too much of efforts, but mm. it's it's just the way it is. Like mm. I'm creating something new, this comes. But if it I is see. something which I've learned under them, it is just the way they have taught it. Understood. I create something like I've I've taken a new bandish. I'm trying to mm-hmm. copy that bandish, so that bandish will have an influence of all the styles which I have learned. But if I've already learned something from them, it is very much what they have taught. I don't try to change. So on this note, I had another question to ask you: Is like when you are working with different styles and different instructors, you might bring in a movement that you learn from one instructor into another person's workshop, and they might ask you, "Oh, where did you pick that up from? Or why are you doing it this way?" Uh, in those situations, how do you respond to that? Always listen to what the instructor is saying. <laughs> Just follow what the person is saying. So yeah, this happens with me a lot, especially after moving from uh, Kadam to Chamatai's place. Uh, Chamatai's her her way of doing things are different. With Kumiyan's way of doing things are different. 
So that used to be a lot of, as I said, uh, Shamita is very particular with her movements. So she used to pinpoint a lot that, and she she still does that. Uh, no, 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 just try this in the same way. But she'll never say that. That's such an amazing thing of her. She'll never say that. Don't do this because it's her thing. She'll say that. Please do this the way I am I'm saying, and it's okay. So at that point of time, listen to what your teacher is saying, right? And then obviously, I have so much of time to go back home. Try seeing on you yourself whether that is looking good on you. Whether you still want to try what you had previously learned. You know all these things. They come down later. But when you're learning, I always say when you're learning, go with a clean slate. To learn how much ever you can. If you go with the backlog that मैंने तो ऐसा ही सीखा है, I'll do this only. Then you'll not learn anything. It's very important to go with a clean slate. It's it's okay that you have learned so many bandishes. You have learned so many tals. You have performed everywhere. How much ever. Amazing artist you are, but it's important when you're going to learn. You should be a student. You should not have that thing in your in yourself that I do this like this only. It's it's again have that amount of respect to the person who's the instructor who's teaching you. Try to learn. Try to learn as much as you can. Yeah. Understood. So just be a little humble there and yeah. understand. If you're trying to learn from them, you're trying to learn. You're trying to learn. Yeah. So you should be okay with what yeah. they are saying. Okay, that makes sense. And I think I know the answer to the next question I'm going to ask you. But uh, have you? Do you find it hard to motivate yourself to practice, or it's never been a thing? No, no, no. it does. It does. Yes. Even every artist has their ups and downs, lows and highs, always. So um, initially, when uh, always as as a teenager, when I would say I was too inclined to yes, let's practice, let's practice. I have to practice. I used to do that. I, I never missed a day. Not a single day. Uh, I used to practice every day, even if it's a Sunday, even if I have an exam. Always practice. But then that certain certain things happen in your life that you you feel, why am I doing this? It, it does. It happens. It comes in everybody's life, and it still comes that uh, because you put in so much of efforts, learn certain things, and if things don't turn out the way you expect them to, you you feel depressed. Yeah, you feel low. and then you just say that no i'm not going to practice henceforth even that happens to me so that's the one thing which happens the second thing that happens is oh my body is just not ready today to get up and dance but the thing is that some or the other way dance runs in your mind that never goes off you create so even if you're walking on road you create something i mean it's just very normal it becomes a part of your body because you've practiced for so many years so even So when you say walking and road creating something is that like walking to tintal or something like or that what is it for you? I have this habit. So my my fingers, I start creating some small tihais or start reciting certain dohras. Oh. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, so usually my mother when she walks with me, she is like, "Stop doing that. People are looking at you." <laughs> <laughs> that, that happens to me. Or moving your hands. I see. It's it's just a natural process. So dance is your sign because you have invested so many years. obviously you you don't feel like doing it you don't because things don't turn up the way you expect them to you don't feel like investing so much into it but some other the way it comes back you know you have no option it never leaves your side yeah no so i this lockdown phase especially the first few months of lockdown i was so uh, i mean my morale was so boosted like oh chalo i have so much time to practice i have Hours and hours just for myself, and then after a while, it started taking toll on me. Like I'm, I'm just practicing. What next? 
then you stop practicing it did happen it, it did happen that i didn't practice for 15 days it does it does happen it's, i'm a normal human i also go through phases <laughs> but but even if i'm not getting up and practicing it is still something which runs in my mind or there are so many if there are classes going on so you're still into that same phase you're still dancing so yeah i won't say that i'm a good girl and now that i won't say that i'm a good girl i i was but i get up every day i practice for two hours i am very honest in those things sometimes time doesn't permit if you have time obviously you do sometimes you are you're not in a phase where you want to but yeah because if you're not in a good phase and you start dance that never worked for me that if i'm not in a good phase and i start dancing and that's working wonders for me <laughs> so yeah rather than that i i prefer sitting down trying to revise something or just create some todas tukdas which which comes naturally so yeah right because i'm still at a point where i'm trying to build a habit of practice so all i need to uh, right now all my things is that does i did that for so many years since 2000 so since my school till my college it was a everyday ritual it was important you but after that just just few years down the line with certain things changing things started changing but it's it's easy Uh, once you make up your mind you know that you want to you want to reach a certain level you want to see again i didn't know that what i wanted to do i didn't even know that i want to take this as a career i never had this in my mind because i was a very good i was a very good student i always wanted to do something good in academics because that was important to me i still did but you know as a professional become a professional start working in a because that's how the society is start doing a 9 to 5 job nobody even has a clue that there is something other than this 9 to 5 job to life so that that never came to my mind so making dance as a career was never an option for me because you think of that coming from a family with non dancers non artists non musicians they are all painters you know so so, uh, so it's like that nobody had an idea that this is a field wherein you can take it professionally So for us, it was important to study well, get a professional degree, get a nine-to-five job in a very reputed company, start earning a good package. That that was that was normal. That was also, that's what my frame of mind was that I'll start doing that. But this just never left my side. So it just went on and on. And maybe because I was investing so much time to it, I I never went out to play for the how normal kids used to do. So practice was important to me rather than other things, and it naturally was. It was not forced on. So that's what I said. Now you can't force things on anyone. It won't come unless and until it comes naturally. It's not going to benefit you. That's another thing about taking up things as an adult, because you're paying for things for yourself, and nobody's really forcing you. So do you do whatever? So I found that. So, like one of the reasons I started this podcast is my 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 thinking was that if I talk to more Kathakars, I'll be more uh, I'll be more inspired to practice, and it's kind of worked. So, it's you, yeah, because usually they'll they'll say make sure you practice or something at the end of the podcast. So <laughs> that usually ends up working because I do so many of these anyway. So you're my thirty fifth oh, guest. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so then since we're talking about career did i did want to touch upon uh, like at this point like so like segue into like your choreography so just want to start off with 
uh yeah um, in terms of uh, yeah generally like just, i guess just talking about a generally uh, generally speaking uh what has been your choreography career been like? as in uh, like with kathak just like with kathak yeah, so choreography career i'm too early to even think of that uh i'm not in a phase yeah. wherein i'm trying to choreograph productions for myself or anything right. because uh, i still want yeah. to be more into what the kathak repertoire is start that more right. before even venturing into which is out of the box so understand okay. until i'm good with that how can i try to do something which i am not even aware of exists so currently i will not say that i have a very amazing choreography career or anything i don't i not even started i don't know where i'll start let's see because it it takes a lot of investment it takes a lot of time it does you need to i i've been thinking of some projects but you need to think about how are you going to plan the budget because if you want to come up with some good choreography see again choreography simple bandishes choreographing a small music piece it's fine that too you usually do but choreographing a full fledged production even as a soloist that consumes a lot of energy in terms of creating in terms of choreographing in terms of thinking in terms of bringing it on stage everything and i guess i'm not currently in a phase wherein i can invest so much because i don't have anything to invest so so right now it's about doing small small things so i with my musicians i work on small small compositions then i take that i try to do some choreographies on it simple it's not something which is uh way out of the box or something which is different or something which is unique it's simple it's, it's kathak simple kathak choreography say amira bhajan or say athumri uh, or just say some tarana or say some sargam simple such simple choreographies i am currently not working on big productions hopefully i don't get that work someday mm-hmm. and since you've kind of been also been involved with like the film industry how do you feel about the state of kathak in bollywood right now kathak in bollywood good bollywood in kathak let's not comment on that <laughs> oh what's what's the what's the what's so, the difference kathak here? in bollywood is like you see maharaj choreographing projects or you see purane zamane mein when there used to be these dance things happening or even today say doing certain semi classical pieces that's kathak in bollywood bollywood in kathak is what you see on instagram right yeah so kathak in bollywood i feel that they have again you see they are not making kathak dancers perform kathak right they are the actresses who are representing this form so you won't obviously get everybody um, you will always not get madhuri dikshit <laughs> so, uh, there are other artists also who are trying out this genre but it's good that at least our industry is coming up with projects which have something which is more traditional over the years i saw a lot many projects that have come up which is more traditional which has more of indian rhythms because we have so many things which is hip hop and contemporary and crumping uh, and everything so not too many things are there to actually get these generation aware of our indian traditional music so it's good that some of the other way these musics have been created which uh, at least people can listen to that this is somewhere related to again not all the songs are classical right they are they have a they are influenced by classical music they they belong to a particular raga but it's not having 
to establish the rag in indian classical vocals so it's kathak in bollywood is good they are at least trying to come up with something which has some other influence again it's important how you make the artist portray that artwork it's important like for example when i worked with alia we made sure that she was trained in at least basics of kathak say tatkar or say chakkars or say hastaks it was important that she trains herself in that even before attempting the song so that is important that you make sure that the artist if that artist is going to perform something related to the art form you should you should train the artist in that form like for example when uh, dipika was going to perform mohirang dolal she came to maharaji she spent time with him or she took some basic lessons i don't know how many because i was not aware of what her thing was but with garmore i know that we we did this she basic lessons again i worked with one of the one of the people in the industry and you won't believe i literally taught her toda tukdas kavits as proper kathak how we do kathak repertoire so she has learned todas in kathak she has learned parans in kathak she has learned uh, different compositions of kavits or small small tihais and again she is not going to perform kathak but she is going to do something which is indian so it was it was to make sure that the artist also understand the at least the basic so it doesn't look that the chakkar is something which is on toe or the chakkar is which is not from the center you know so and she is not push, shifting her weight here and there it has to be aesthetically defined so all these things were taken care of understood and since you mentioned ganwari pradesh it would be a good time to take deep into it as well because that's that's a a one to crowd favorite for people and even in kathak academies all so many showcases do like our, we, when we did our annual showcase here uh, garmore pradesh yeah was one of our best pieces and people love that performance when we did that so just like tell us a little bit about how that happened and then so i was like? uh, i got the opportunity to perform with uh, shankar mahadevan and hariharan in one of the shows and it was we mm-hmm. it was under vaibhavi merchant ma'am and that's when from yeah. there my reference went to uh, remo sir's team regarding they needed an kathak dancer who can assist kruti di and uh, remo sir to choreograph this new song that was coming for kalak and then i was little bit uh, i was not sure whether i'll do this project because you know i for me it was like no i don't want to go into bollywood i want to go like that you mm-hmm. know that that kind of zone i want to do my job i will i go and go to bollywood movies right. little bit innovations mm-hmm. about how the industry is and everything but then i thought let's just give it a shot let's just go let's just see how it is what the song is mm-hmm. Knowing it is right. to be choreographed on whom and what's the project, but they just told me that it's a Dharma production movie. And I was like, okay, let's just go, let's mm. just see. And Kruti Di and we met for the first time, and she we she just uh, made me listen to the song, and we did a small uh, choreography on it. And she was like, okay, then we can start working on it. And then we choreographed the entire song. Remo sir saw it, and and the the best part was that they kept uh, they all they wanted it to be. classical they didn't wanted to have any shade of bollywood interesting so not even semi classical yeah so like... initially the take was that way that they wanted everything which is classically classical so they initially they don't wanted the footwork patterns also but the song was so 
i mean it was a huge thing they had the out, outdoor shoots also and the indoor shoots also so i don't know how they'll edit it but mm-hmm. we saw many chunks where right. she's literally doing tatkar as well and yeah all these basic mm-hmm. things also were taken so it was good for me when they said that they wanted to be classical classical because i'm not too much of a bollywood dancer it it doesn't come to me i don't right. initially it used to but now it doesn't maybe because mm-hmm. i didn't i i just didn't look back to it and then mm-hmm. uh, that happened and then we started training alia over the song and yeah so it was a wonderful experience because they sermosa was so much he, he just gave us the freedom to do the way you wanted to do so he was not mm-hmm. like nahi ye thoda commercial kar do ye you know those commercialism which is important in films he was right. like no i don't want anything commercial so when you get those kind of freedom to make things the way you want to obviously he'll sit there and he'll mm-hmm. tell that this is not looking good let's try something else but this kind of freedom if you get then why not and yeah okay. it was amazing to work with his team and obviously kruti di herself being trained as a bharatnatyam dancer it was easy to work with her and she herself okay. being a national award winner choreographer why will i leave this chance <laughs> so yeah okay. it was fun kalank was an amazing experience it, it stretched over for three months so yeah so you so you had like time to choreo so you you had 3 months of time with the no, dancers so or? we got the song we worked on it for almost 1 month then one month we trained alia for it and then it was a rehearsal schedule which was lined up and she alia was herself learning basic kathaks for a long also for a long in the sense since since the time and then we then we've started training her in respect to this song first has happened with the other dancers and then the song was shot over 4 days yeah and obviously madhuri dikshit was going to sit there and initially the thing was that they wanted madhuri to perform with thadia so we heard the song i mean we we said the song as a duet then the script changed and it was just a solo but still yeah she was there she was there at the scene yeah it was So, like, did she also get to? Did Madhuri ji also get to practice the no, steps or like it changed? <laughs> yeah, I see. Understood. And so, were you expecting this song to be this popular? What were you before this whole thing happened? Oh, when I when I heard it, I said the song first. I was like, "Are you sure you want to do Kathak on this song?" Because this was not the song which came first. This was a whole different version of the song. The, the obviously it was Garmore Pardesia, but the the stanzas and Mukdas, the other certain lyrics were different. Yeah, so it just kept on changing. I didn't expect it to because for for a while I was like, this is this is too hippy to be classical, you know. It has so many beats. You don't have so many beats in any classical song which you've heard. But I guess such kind of a song came after a long time. I guess but this was the song which came. So people just took it up to another level. and in terms of like how people perceived you and and that recognition did any of that change in your life personally after that came out oh yeah it did didn't expect it to but yeah it did my instagram followers increased na so fast that's the that's the way you see things different uh, how things changed and yeah recognition increased the the reach increased in a way 
for me it was it was okay i never wanted to be like a bollywood star or you know, i was too much into my riyas my her you know that that's how i was i am after working with uh, so many dancers i have to come back home and i have to practice my stuff that's that's always how i have been it did change in terms of uh, since you've seen like the people in, in bollywood is it common to have actors actresses who've done like a vishara's or who've done years of kathak training or no 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 gotcha. no 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 okay. i i don't i've not heard of anyone okay yeah i was just curious yeah. if like because i know they take a lot of classes i was just wondering if anyone takes classical it's in the sense just for uh, if they have certain projects which are like that they take a month two month training okay how you prepare for a movie how you prep up for something it's mm-hmm. like that understood and i guess since we're talking about kathak and semi classical sorry it looks different huh hence like it looks different being madhuri hersel been trained in her ages in kathak you see her doing kathak differently rather than you see other actresses doing it that's the difference that what i'm trying to say that kathak dancers are not a part of these songs so you like for example shashwati sen ji had worked in movies she had presented kathak roshan kumari ji had presented kathak so all these big big artists themselves have danced as kathak dancers in movies so if you suppose those music those songs you know see them different than the ones which the actors in the current lot are dancing yeah so that's why kathak kathak in bollywood is good see so many beautiful videos like i i still run over roshan kumari ji's that chaturanga video it's so beautiful kathak is interesting in the in sense as a classical art form which also evolves a lot and a lot of people add things to it so for you where do you draw the boundaries between what is kathak and what is not see for me right now it is about knowing what my boundary is right before i try to go beyond the boundary at least let me understand what my limit is at least let me see where the boundary is so it's it's such a huge what we say it's it's a huge ocean where you don't know where the where the seashore is so you have to still keep on learning to even understand how much you can push yourself beyond a certain limit like for example uh, with the entire contemporary thing that has come up contemporary contemporizing it's important to understand what contemporizing is contemporary thought so you don't change the aesthetics of the dance form the aesthetics of the dance form stay the same you shower it with contemporary sensibilities so expanding boundaries like that is something which i can aim for or really wish that i can do sometime in future in case if i i can push myself to that limits which is uh, wherein i can convey something which is good saying your own story like what is katha katha is katha ka is katha ka we are kathakars we are we are supposed to recite stories we are supposed to tell stories in order to create those stories i need to understand how can i create them so that that will take years of experience i just i just love watching aditi mangal das ji performing i to her projects just because she is coming up with those kind of thoughts again that's that's showering the normal kathak dance with her contemporary sensibilities so that's something which i wish to do but when it comes to drawing line it's about understanding that you can't change something you can't change the form 
classical for me is not commercial to be to be very very clear classical is not commercial commercial is commercial classical is classical so there are, for me because it's it's kadam's training or what i don't know movements mean something to me so even one hand from the utpatti towards the diagonal or anywhere that that space conveys something so i i don't find these things when i when i see semi classical dance it's it's just for to be semi classical dance is for as, as i said it's it's commercial it's on a song it is it is fun it is enjoyment classical dance form form is not an enjoyment for me it is more about um feeling it is it is something which you sense it is something which you experience and experience is something that stays with you as memories okay and when you say not right? not an enjoyment you mean not just an enjoyment or not just okay, an enjoyment right, exactly right, right. it's not just like oh yeah i am in a mood to do 100 chakras i just do 100 chakras it's not that fun you know it's it's more of because we have because i've been practicing it like that it's it's more of a meditation um the more you practice the more you go deep into it now it's i don't know how to convey it because it's something which you can feel it's not something that you can express and that's where i draw my line that if i'm getting that kind of a feel out of something for me that's apt if that's lost then it's gone you know so choreographing on songs it's it's okay it doesn't give me that kind of a feel which doing my normal riyas does which even a toda can do that a normal song doesn't do which a thumri can do even listening to the same line 10 times what develops within you is not what a entire 3 minute song does to you so yeah and since you mentioned it i'm just curious like you said uh, getting up and doing 100 chakras so for can uh, like for you at your expertise level is it something that you can just do on a whim or does it require like warm up and all that see i am too lazy for warm up okay. i should not be this i'm extremely lazy when it yeah. comes to warm up it is important yeah. it is definitely important <laughs> everyone's get, different it's fine but I I'm very lazy for warm ups. Okay. No but can yeah. like if you just wanted to could you just get up and do 100 chakras if you wanted to? Yeah. That's inter- that's I, fascinating. Okay. Right. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh and yeah I was because you, you mentioned it so casually I was like wow I, I need to know this. And then so I guess yeah and and I'm coming to my kind of last question uh in terms of like so I kind of understood Where what your mindset is, where you're coming from, the things you do, and and you're kind of really involved in all this. When it comes to draw boundaries, the first thing to keep in your mind is your your teachers. You learn about their legacy, right? So when you're learning, it's important that you keep up to it. If you're trying to go away from it, you should understand what will still have that amount of respect when you continue with it. behind me there are certain names which i write down that i'm trained under these these people i carry that names with me as well so it's important that i don't ever try to bring anything which is disrespectful for those names and i guess that's what every classical dancer carries when you see these classical dancers who talk 
or when you see these classical dancers who have so much of respect for the art form it's majorly because they have so much of respect for the teachers who they are trained under and that's what they want to continue with and they don't want to wo dhakka nahi lagna chahiye ki isne mera naam kharab kar diya you know that ways that's 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 very important that my my i should not anywhere have anything which was i mean it does anything bad to the name of my teacher that unki student na wo she she performs like this that should not happen that's important and maybe that's the family which i come from as well That's how we. That's how the values that I carry. Yes, but you also like if you if you get popular enough, someone or the other is going to say something, right? Or like, they do. They yeah. Do, but it's not about who somebody else is saying. Okay. It's about what I think. Okay, understood. Understood. I don't care about yes. what the world says. Right. Should not be saying this. Should <laughs> not be saying this. Uh, but yeah, for me, it is important that I should not feel the guilt that I have done something wrong. Right. If that guilt comes to my heart, then uh, I I don't know how I'll take this further. So Understood. it should not come. Yeah, and I think it's important. So it's for me very. It's important for me that I keep high respects for whoever whose yeah. name is associated with me. Right, and I think what yeah. like when you talk about not caring about what other people say, it's like you care about the certain people whose opinion you care about, and people at large. Whose opinions you don't yeah, care about? Yeah. It's like certain opinions are more important than the other opinions, basically, right? Yes, yes. Uh, it's important about about the people who I look up to. Mm-hmm, understood. That definitely matters to me. Yes, and it's not about any man's thoughts who can come and influence me. Right. So, like, so final thoughts. Uh, we so now uh, when it comes to like your legacy and impact. So part of it is carrying on the legacy. of your teachers but what would you want your legacy and impact to be on kathak oh i'm too young for that uh, but see i i no, but, but, but i also know you're thinking about it <laughs> uh, so i don't think see i don't plan for the but i used to but i stopped doing it i don't plan for longer span it's like the moment and after the pandemic i guess you've realized it for for more that it's important to plan about tomorrow Or even today, rather than uh, rather than what's going to happen after a year, twenty twenty everything. So I don't plan that far away. But for me, it is very important that I keep the keep what I've learned in the same. I mean, uh, just try to practice more. Obviously, that's the thing. And when it comes to my legacy, it's important that I carry forward what my teachers have taught. the same intention that i learned it's important that other students also learn it i i don't know how am i going to teach them the intention which i had but somewhere these these art forms should not vanish i mean the generation which we belong to is so quick so fast we are this insta reels 15 second generation now so this level as any which we drop down but it's important that we don't forget the values that we have and art forms are something which carry forwards the values you automatically see a difference in the personality of the person who learned these art forms so i i want these things to be there forever they should not go away so yeah for me it's more about the values that these art forms carry which should stay on with the people who learn under me or or the ones who are learning under anyone the value for the art form should not fade that's that's more important that 
That's very profound when you talk about like preserving the value of the art form and then it's not tied to you necessarily. It kind of ties back into Kathak. And yeah, on that note, I want to bring this episode to a close. Nikitadi, I had a really good time talking to you. I love how real you are. And you put so much emphasis on like learning something during class and then going back and absorbing it. And that's when the real learning happens. So yeah, thank yeah. you for sharing that. Thank you so much for calling me. It was wonderful talking to you. I hope I've not talked a lot, but yeah, it was, it was fun. This is the whole point. It's a Kathak podcast, which is for long form conversations about Kathak. So 